It's a shame, I tell you. Wait a minute. Shame. This should all be so easy Rolling to do right now. Take one. Hello and welcome to All Through a Lens. This is the podcast about film photography where we discuss a little more than just film photography. I'm Vanya. And I'm Eric. On today's show, we've got a ton of voice messages about lines and their crossing. We'll start our how-to segments on zines, and we've got a history segment about a fairly grim photo. I'll also call up Adam Roberts, a.k.a. I Can't Stand Pickles, and talk to him about his new 3D zine. Yeah! But first, how are you doing? I am doing okay. I'm doing pretty okay. It's been a kind of a weird, crazy week, but I started off last weekend with a trip to Snoqualmie Falls. This is the falls that's featured in Twin Peaks. Ooh. It's kind of a lot of Twin Peaks stuff around Seattle. Um, <laughs> and it was a lot of rain. A lot of rain. But I ended up deciding to shoot HP5. Oh, your favorite. Si- <laughs> oh, I know. See, I... All right, whatever. Won't go there. But I pushed it to 1600. I don't usually shoot in the rain. I don't usually push film. But I was talking to a friend of the show, Hannah Grace, about how she should get a Mamiya 645. And it got me excited to shoot my Mamiya 645 again. So I did. Did you develop those? I did develop those. They turned out pretty okay. Yeah, pretty okay. So you, Pretty okay. You I'm like pretty, HP5? It's not that I... I've always liked HP5. I just thought it was silly that people like discovered HP5 and they're like, that's it. I'm not shooting any other film. It's like discovering the Beatles and just be like, this is it. This is all the music I ever need to hear. Like, well, no, there's, there's other things out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, okay, fine. What have you been up to? Well, I took a magical trip to Fresno, California. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm so jealous. Fresno? It's actually really really nice it was such an interesting I, I went by myself i got you know some time by myself which was cool. really nice i walked around downtown i went thrifting Yay. and found a couple cameras i got a saber box camera a sabre a sabre yes oh. <laughs> Yay. camera that's made yeah. by imperial right yes it was 12 bucks and it's oh. just adorable and it's a little more than they, they're worth but go for it yeah i know right <laughs> So, yes, uh, looking forward to shooting that. So, yeah, I was there for just a couple days. And on the last day, I was deciding if I was going to just, like, go straight home Boo. or hang out for a half day. Yay! <laughs> I what? Sorry. <laughs> I didn't tell you what I decided yet. Oh, wait. But I already know. Yes, of Peek course. Behind you the do. curtain, I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I decided to stay uh, and drive to Yosemite. <gasps> yes, that's the pretty place with a lot of people. Yes, a lot of people and very pretty place. I woke up at like four, and then I decided that the roads were going to be too scary, so I left at six. Okay. Um, got some coffee, drove up. A little icy, but very beautiful, and. Um, I took a couple cameras with me. What did you take? I brought two Polaroids. Well, uh, my SX70 Polaroid okay. camera. And then my newly acquired... Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I forgot what it's called. I have no idea. It's the one that looks like um, Star Wars like bad guys. So, so, so you, you have a camera that looks like one of the Star Wars bad guys. <laughs> Okay. You so please cut all this out. You, this is you are awful. shooting the Darth Vader cam. <laughs> no, it's the guys, the white ones. <laughs> the white, <laughs> you know, typical white bad guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, the the, uh, the Lomo wackadoodle. I don't remember what they call it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. Let sure. me, I should start over. No, should... please, please do not start over. <laughs> okay. Well, I took two Polaroid or instant cameras, and then I took my Graflex pacemaker, speed graphic. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't find a longer <laughs> name for a camera. <laughs> Graflex has the most confusing names of any camera brand ever. <laughs> what is but up with go that? go on. It's it, yes. they're ridiculous. 
So I stopped at Artist Point, which is basically the lookout where you see all of Yosemite Valley. It's mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Morning light was coming up, and there's a little trail past the parking lot, and you can walk up. And there was basically no one going up that way. Um, I want to make a note that I was not really prepared for this trip. I had a sweater and a corduroy, like, thin jacket and my overalls and chucks. Okay. And chucks, which <laughs> yes. are great for – these are your hiking chucks? Yes, they are. Okay. They are my hiking chucks. Nice. All right. Enough about my ridiculous mistakes. Let's check the answering machine. All right. Let's check it. So this episode, we asked listeners to call in and tell us about you know, if there's certain subjects they feel are inappropriate to photograph. Are there boundaries and lines they won't cross? And we actually got so many replies that we cannot use all of them. And this is strictly for time. It was a tough decision on what to keep and what not to keep. Tears were shed and cakes were eaten. <laughs> but... We did finally come to it. And we'll, we will mention everybody who's who's called in. We yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you everybody it. for calling in. This is the first time we've actually had too many people call yeah. in. There, we, we, there was arguments. She and I, we didn't speak for days <laughs> because of this. It was sad. It was really sad. You almost broke up the podcast. All right. Push the button. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Heyo, Jonas, a.k.a. Kolomator here again. Thanks for another lovely show. Uh, but what a tough question. Uh, I mean, of course, it's, uh, it makes me queasy uh, photographing people that are, what, what should I say, less fortunate. I don't know, it's uh, kind of putting yourself in being the man. And I don't like that shit. makes my stomach turn. But and, uh, besides that, I mean, joke, you can joke about it mostly anything, you can write music about mostly anything. Why shouldn't you be able to photograph? Like, as long as you do it with dignity in a way. Just have fun with it. Okay, peace out guys. Uh, thank you again for calling in. He calls in, uh, I think, every episode, and it's always wonderful. He said a, a sentiment that's kind of, you're going to see that refrain kind of over and over. Mm-hmm. We had calls like that from uh, Elgato Magnifico. He said something very similar to that, where it's you, you're not photographing the less fortunate, basically. And But also, like a few others, he kind of has an eye towards like, well, keep it cool, but also maybe not restrict yourself too much. Hi, this is Kate Miller Wilson. I'm mainly a large format photographer and my favorite subject is my family. I have taken daily photos of my kids for five years now and there are some lines I won't cross with them. Mainly I'm talking about nudity or near nudity. I love the work of Sally Mann. It's just incredible and um, I pass like zero judgment on her for the nude photos of her kids. Those images are a gift. But she was working or doing a lot of that work in the late 80s, and that was a different time. Because I'm putting my work out on the internet, I'm very, very careful about what I post. I've encountered some creepy people over the years, and I want to protect my children as much as I can while making art with them. So no full nudity, no shots with underwear only. It's kind of an arbitrary line, but I try to hold it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's true too i think times are different and everything is so available online but yeah i guess there was a time and a place for people to photograph certain things and i kind of feel like it's been done and we just move on you know same like photographing homeless people you know to maybe explain a story and explain where we are in our in our history i think that was okay but it's been done yeah what else is there to be said about it Hello, it's Karen. One of the things that I don't photograph is um, players that get injured. So during roller derby, if a player gets injured, the paramedics will rush there and all the other players will just line up in front of them so that the crowds can't see what's going on. Um, It's basically just to respect the player that's injured because they need to be seen to. Colleen did say that if she gets injured I can take pictures and to be honest if someone's arm popped out in some way I'd really want to take a picture of it just out of curiosity but I don't. Now now in the notes here you have written Vanya Shark Dream. <laughs> what were we talking about here? 
I have this dream where I get like bit by a shark or something and they like drag me out on the sand. Of course, this is the pier. So there's like people like standing up there like videoing and like taking pictures of me like half eaten and I'm just like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Like so mad because I'm like, I'm dying. I'm bleeding to death and you guys are taking pictures of me, you assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen someone's arm popped out of socket? I have not. I have <laughs> this not. This is not fun. <laughs> I've seen some pretty gnarly injuries uh, in roller derby, but it, but there, it is a definite thing where, like, if you're videoing it or you're photographing it, you do pan away or you do you don't show the injured player. Yeah, I like that. Though some I teams, uh, some teams do want the photographers. I've seen. I've talked to some photographers that that the teams have requested to shoot the injuries. Hmm. And I like that too. I mean, I understand, but it's a personal choice. You know, if you want someone to do that, then they should do that. And if you don't, you don't. It's the line that, as a photographer, I don't think that's your line to draw. Mm-hmm. I think it's the person being injured's line to draw. Uh, okay. Now, we've gotten a lot of uh, comments, uh, a lot of calls in a, a, about the that kind of thing, the injured player, the traffic accident. Like, uh, there was a, a listener uh, goes by at the 35 millimeter Stig called in and said a very similar thing yeah. to Karen. And yeah, I, I think that's true with, with, with traffic accidents as well. I don't know if there is a time and a place for that. Just in relation to things that you won't photograph um, or wouldn't photograph, I just recently, uh, a week ago, visited Auschwitz in Poland. Um, and um, I didn't feel that I was able to photograph anything there, either on film or um, camera phone or anything else really so um, not really sure why but I think it's out of respect and kind of wanting to kind of um, experience it in a in a way that wasn't about taking photographs but also wondering what if I had of what I would have done with the photographs afterwards but definitely something out of respect really so I went to Manzanar a couple years ago. Now that's a, uh, was a Japanese internment camp? Yes. In California on the Eastern Sierra side. It's a, you know, beautiful area, but not obviously the greatest part of our history. I took my daughter and it was, it's really sad. I didn't, I didn't really feel like taking any pictures at all. This was Kerr now underscore film photography. And I really do agree with what he was saying. I can't imagine a reason that I would photograph. I don't know what I would do with those photos. But I have been to like the Sand Creek Massacre site and I've shot a bit of it. And every time I would share a photo, post it or whatever, I always include the history with it to contextualize it. Um, Because a lot of people don't know about the history of Sand Creek Massacre. But I think a lot of people do know the history of Auschwitz. I think that's a little different and i just don't know like what a photographer now can add to that are there things i won't photograph sure weddings babies senior pictures homeless people and corners of old cars (laughs) (laughs) well uh that was denise uh throwing some much needed shade i think I love corners of old cars, though. They're so good. It's so hard not to shoot corners of old cars. Like, I can do without shooting babies or weddings. Yeah, oh, homeless, that sounds of, like of a course, nightmare. Like, God, corners of old cars is just something like, I could shoot this I could shoot this old car from the corner. And it, it's so cliche. And as a public service announcement, I'm telling everybody to never, ever do that again. That said, I will absolutely do that this weekend. <laughs> Hey, Eric and Vanya, this is Will. I'm glad to finally be able to leave you guys a message. I wasn't able to talk for a couple weeks, so it's good to be back. Uh, To answer the question of anything I wouldn't shoot, uh, the answer has to be homeless people or anyone uh, who appears to kind of be experiencing distress in a public place. I would never want to be photographed in one of, you know, maybe my worst moments. That means someone who's having a breakdown or in a fight. And again, homeless people, unless they ask me to take their photo, but I'm never going to try to exploit uh, someone who doesn't have as much control over their circumstances as I do, because I I just don't think that's ethical. Well, we're very glad that you're back with us and you can speak again. Uh, I believe that you had, what was the operation where you get to eat lots of ice cream, whatever that's called. (laughs) Uh, He said something very similar to Space Critter. Um, 
who called in as well. And the people in distress, like the homeless people thing he covers, but the people in distress, I think is a really interesting angle. And you're right. If I was having a, a breakdown or some kind of like horrible, horrible moment, I don't want that photographed. I'm trying to think of a time where it'd be okay to photograph someone that was homeless. Maybe if there was a particular story of their life and you were writing about them. Sure. Yeah. Or they ask you to. We can go on and on about this for forever, I think. I think people are finally getting it that there's not much more you can say. Yeah. That hasn't been said. You're not doing you're not doing original I mean, if you want to just forget about the person as a person, you're not doing original work. Yeah. It's cliche. It's trite. It's like it's, shooting corners of cars. It's like shooting corners of cars, but you know, immoral. <laughs> rather than just tacky. <laughs> Hi, this is Marty from New Mexico, Martin de Albuquerque on Instagram. As far as things I won't photograph or lines I won't cross, I don't have any hard, fast rules, but I do approach every photograph with the mindset of, is this for art or being for the sake of art? I hope that helps. And big shout out to the South Bay. I'm originally from Redondo Beach. Thanks for all you guys do, and I love the show. Bye. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm glad you got out. It's probably more affordable out there than here. So what do you think of that? This is, you know, asking yourself, is it art? Yeah, I love that. I think I need to do that before just taking at least the medium format and the four by five images. So I don't (laughs) waste all my film. But yeah, is this art? Yeah. Why am I shooting this? I think it's always important to ask. Yeah. You know, like, what? why am I even here? Yeah. Like, why am I shooting this? And if it's, if it's like, was I want to and and it's fun, then that's fine too. Yeah. Like when I was shooting Yosemite Valley, I was like, why am I shooting this? This has never been shot. No one's ever (laughs) seen this angle ever before in their lives. (laughs) I think it's, it's fun. You're having a good time. And so if the answer is, if the answer to is this art is no, that doesn't mean don't photograph it. No. It just means know what you're photographing. there's a different reason for it. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Space Critter, who's called in a, f- a bunch of times, and we really thank him for calling in. He said much the same, the same thing, uh, adding like private moments as well to that. Not shoot people in distress or in private moments. And I like that sentiment too. Hi, Eric and Vanya. So in regards to th- lines I won't cross as a photographer, I in recent years have become more conscious of how I'm photographing and why I'm photographing and that specifically relates to people. So I've taken a bunch of portraits of Holocaust survivors but I don't share those because I feel like it's crossing a line to share them other than the intended purpose which was for a project for my thesis. So I think a lot about why I'm photographing and it stops me a lot of the time. I I have seen a bit of her project mm-hmm. of have Holocaust you? survivors. Yeah, and it is it's such an honor to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That she's photographing them on on four by five and not using it as some promotion for yeah. herself, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's like, that I mean, and, and like the true sense of the word awesome. That is an awesome responsibility mm-hmm. that she's undertaken, and she she does it really well and and in one sense it's a shame that it's not out there and, and not to be seen but in another sense it's, it's she's taking the photos for them yeah absolutely ah thank everybody for calling in we really really appreciate it we sorry for all the ones that we couldn't like mike on film uh mentioned some about not not, not taking pictures of other people's kids and oh god that is such a a point that needs to be driven home and really shouldn't need to be driven home kids are awesome please don't take pictures of them if they're not yours <laughs> so vanya i guess that we should probably answer this ourselves where where do you stand where do you draw your lines i think that for the most part i agree with everybody that called in I have another similar experience when I took a trip with Marley to Wyoming. We went to a state prison. It wasn't even planned. We actually stopped to get gas. 
And I was like, what is this cool town? And I looked it up and looked on the map. I was like, what is there to do? Oh, look, there's a there's a prison. Let's go tour it. And she's like, sure. So we went and didn't think anything of it. And once we got there and kind of experienced it, it was a little obviously different. You're like, okay, well, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> a very old prison. And uh, we got to the gallows in the gas chamber, and they talked a little bit about that. And then they asked if anybody wanted to get their picture taken in there or take pictures they could. And Marley and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, nah. (laughs) 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 No, thanks. I think there's just like a line right there. Like, I don't really need to photograph that. Yeah, I've been to some prisons like that, the the, the tourist prisons Mm -hmm. that that you can tour in. And a lot of them do kind of focus on their death chambers. Yeah. Whether it's for like those those fakey ghost hunts that they do or just, you know, having it there for the tourists. Like I went to the one in, in Moundsville, West Virginia, where the electric chair was called Ol' Sparky. And <laughs> that's just that just gets a big fuck you from me. Yeah. You know, these people who were executed, I'm, I'm sure, you know, obviously horrible people or, you know, people of color and it was West Virginia. So maybe at least allow yourself to give them a little bit of dignity by not mm-hmm. calling the last place they were old Sparky. Um, and I do have a ton of roles for myself, as anybody who knows me is not at all <laughs> surprised. I got a lot of roles for myself. Uh, but the one I've been thinking about with this, uh, it's a little different than most people, so I do agree with most people who have called in, is I have a thing about shooting homes that are still occupied by people. Like, if you live in a place, I don't want to shoot it because that's your place. Even though it's in public and even though Google car thing has driven by it and photographed it, and I'm legally, you know, I'm legally okay there to to photograph it. I just don't, I don't want to do that. If it's in a picture, fine. If it's the, if, if it's the picture, I don't feel comfortable. Especially if it's, if it's like a... A home occupied by people who maybe aren't doing the best that, that they would like to be. You know, I don't, I don't really want to capture that for them. And they're not my, and that's explo- that really is just exploitation. That's poverty porn. And I know that's kind of a, a touchy subject for a lot of people, but it's just a line I'm not going to cross. Where if it's like a swanky ass home by, you know, owned by like some, some rich guy, I have very little moral qualms about shooting it. Maybe it's like a hypocritical stance, but... Uh, I mean, that's life. Sometimes we have to embrace our hypocrisies. And that's uh, probably a lesson we could all learn. So Vanya has a new issue of Pure Sand and Water that, that just came out. This one is made up entirely of portraits sort of a different thing for you mm-hmm. let's uh let's talk about it a little bit how, how did sure. this how did this all start you normally don't shoot portraits so how did you how did you come to this well it's actually a collection of portraits that i've taken over the past three or four years so slowly but surely finding an opportunity to ask a person to take their picture yeah and then this past year it was a little bit more of like okay i am going to take some more portraits and kind of went out there and and asked people instead of just like waiting for the right time like I usually do. So at first it was just like a, a portrait here and there, mm-hmm. and then you were shooting for what you what you realized was a project of some kind. Yes. So yes. when did it turn into the idea of doing it for a zine? Uh, well, I've decided that I want to restart the project and do it on four by five. So that's when I decided that I would like to do something with the photos that I had taken, and so I decided to compile them into a zine. Nice. And I didn't even really add any description or words to it. It's basically just portraits. I did put in the camera and film when I could remember what they were. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the first portraits I took was of this guy named Ots, Atsunami. And he surfs at the pier sometimes. And he's just an interesting character. His face and his eyes and the way that I captured him is something completely different than I usually see in him. And that just kind of sparked like I really wanted to start taking more portraits of people especially people that are people that go to the beach and surf um, everybody has an interesting story in life and I like the sun lines in people's faces kind of the weathered like almost like a sailor like a weathered look to them I really like that a lot 
So how can people get the zine? So you can go to at surfmartian on Instagram and it'll link you to my Etsy page, which I'm pretty sure we'll put on our show notes. It'll definitely be on the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you mocking me? I am. Be nice. My heart will hurt. <laughs> With the new year, lots of photographers have been talking about doing zines. We've been getting a number of questions about how to start one. And over the next few episodes, we'd like to give some basic overviews. So I guess we'll start with where most people start with a zine. It's kind of like deciding that you want to do a zine. So mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've gotten to that part, congratulations, you've started doing a zine. <laughs> we'll start with like a, a theme. Like what do you want the zine to be about? It could be about location. It could be about a certain type of film that you use. Everything's on Tri-X or everything is on, like I did one on Veracolor 3. Uh, a certain camera, maybe. I did one that is coming out very, very shortly, probably now, <laughs> shot with the Imperial Savoy. Uh, there could be like zine based on like, oh, you want to do this kind of format. I did one. <laughs> I did a lot of zines. That was all four by five. <laughs> so pick something like that, you know? No, but you also, Vanya, you, you have like your first scene. Yes. Where it told a story that I didn't, I didn't realize at first because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Yeah, I can't believe that you didn't know that. Um, the reason why Pure Sand and Water is called Pure Sand and Water was because the first scene that I did started at the pier and then ended up on the sand. And then me eventually like being able to get some old water cameras to work. So pier sand and water. So that's kind of the story about the first one. And then I kind of just stuck with the name and I just continued to to do different versions of it. I think that just keeping zine ideas in mind, I like have a little notebook and I write them down really helps me when I'm like feeling uninspired. So I could always kind of like look in there and see like, oh yeah, I have like 10 ideas of... (laughs) zines I would like to do like I want to do a zine about a particular song that you could like listen to the song and like flip through and it would basically kind of translate the song in photographs so there's like things that I shoot that are specifically to print and to make available for everybody to see with the exception of the ill-fated Nez Pierce project I rarely shoot with a project in mind I guess kind of realize that what I'm shooting now will eventually be compiled into a zine so it's like opposite ends of the spectrum there you know you're either shooting specifically for the zine or you're or you're not and you're just gonna compile later yeah or you could do both I, I really like the idea of short stories mm-hmm. like Edward Conde's layover zine he just took an opportunity out of maybe a very boring and long layover at an airport. And I really like that. He was like, okay, I'm just gonna take this opportunity to walk around and show you what it looks like in an airport for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, and there was another scene, uh, Tony Skokovic's zine about the walk that he took along the river in Toronto. Uh, we reviewed a zine a couple episodes ago by Andrew. It was fear and self-loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, he uh, just spent a, c- a couple of days in Las Vegas and shot things and put everything it seemed to be in, in in chronological order it was a really interesting idea and so i think that brings us to kind of like a big point where if you want to do a zine you probably should get a bunch of zines mm-hmm. one it supports zine makers yes and that's always a good thing yeah absolutely you're helping people like be able to afford to get more film get new cameras fix old cameras I mean, yeah. what do you use your zine money for? Me? Yeah, you. Candy. No, I, you're such it's, a liar. It's, it's chocolate. It's chocolate money. <laughs> it's not chocolate money. It's all chocolate. It all goes to chocolate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but when you when you buy zines, you're not just supporting people. You are getting inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. You know, That's okay. Not that you're copying their work. No. But, you know, you're looking at other things and, and this, this scene will inspire you for this or another one will inspire you for, for that or, or, or you'll see something you're like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. There's good and bad zines out there, just like there's good and bad music and good and bad mu- movies. So sample as much as you can and take the good and, and leave the bad that that's good for you and bad for you. So once you've got all of your photos picked out or a good selection of your photos picked out, maybe not all of them, because you will do a lot of editing and always allow yourself to edit. But you've got a big collection of photos. you got to come up with a title at some point. And I love coming up with titles. I'm a big fan of coming up with titles. <laughs> I have titles for shit that doesn't need titles. I love it. So come up with a title, something catchy, something not cliche, something to the point. You do need to decide 
and I've seen people asking this on Instagram, uh, should photo books and should photo zines have words or not have words? And there's like a weird divide where people get like really cranky if there's words or really cranky if there's not words. <laughs> Eric has a lot. Of, <laughs> Eric is probably on the word side, I'm assuming. <laughs> I am wordier, though. If you don't want words in your zine, don't put them in. I like knowing what kind of camera you shot with and what film you shot with. Yeah, me but too. But if it's, if it's not there, I do get a little like, oh, you probably should have put that in. But if you don't want to, if that's that, if that's not part of your project or part of your, your vision or whatever, then fucking don't. No, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can always write it in the like in the beginning in the description of the zine as well. Yeah. Or just, you know, or just not at all. It, it doesn't matter. So that's kind of, we, we're bringing you up to the point before you're designing it. So you're kind of just getting everything together, kind of getting the material together. And the next episode, we'll talk about design a little bit and how we lay ours out and maybe some of the tips and mistakes that we can share with you that maybe you won't make them as well. <laughs> But right now we have someone we're about to call. He just put out an incredibly unique zine called Adventures in the Third Dimension. And it is a zine that comes with 3D glasses, which yeah. is freaking awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. So that's, his name is Adam Roberts. You may know him as I Can't Stand Pickles on Instagram, which is a, a, a I don't <laughs> understand that. Let's, let's give Adam Roberts a call. Hello. Hey, Adam. Uh, this is Eric and Vanya from All Through a Land. Just giving hey. you a call. Hey. Uh, <laughs> thought we could ask hey. you. Hey. When if we got to ask you a right. few questions? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we'll start off with a question that we asked uh, listeners to call in about, and that is kind of the the are there certain subjects that you feel are inappropriate to photograph? Are there like boundaries and things that you won't cross in your photography? Yeah, well, like, obviously, uh, homeless people, you know, I think that's, like, a given for probably, like, everyone said that, even though, so, like, some people still do it, but I just kind of loathe to do, I don't know. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the, you know, just maybe, like, just, like, the poor, yeah. you know, just, you know, they're struggling enough, you don't have to take photos of them, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or, like, you know, street photography of children is kind of scum scuzzy. I think so, <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> We were Definitely. just talking about that. I was like, yeah, please, please don't <laughs> take pictures of people's kids. <laughs> Probably a good idea not to. So I have your zine in front of me. It's Adventures in the Third Dimension, and it's 3D, which is so amazing. Wanted to know what inspired you to do a 3D zine. I actually read about these cameras. They're called like stereoscopic uh, cameras, two lenses on them. I read about them a while ago, and I wanted to get one for the longest time because I thought they were just the coolest thing. But then I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do with <laughs> Well, because originally like, when they came out, you would shoot slide film, and you would have these like slide viewers, and uh, let's see, I'm like a Viewmaster, you know. Well, I, you know, if I get that, I'm only going to have to show people in my living room. It's not, <laughs> it's not really the best idea for sharing and i was like well it'll be cool if i can have like a 3d thing so i did some research and i found this program for the computer it's free i'm not i'm not paying for a program nice. like that it's called a uh, stereo photo maker oh. you open it up you like, input your you know like your uh, left image your uh, like your right image and like click it and it'll automatically like give you like the red blue 3d photo up oh cool so like <sighs> in the ex in the exact shades it needs to be in yeah Oh, that's so cool. That is. That's so awesome. Well, it's kind of hard doing because I don't know if you ever use one of these, but if you're like scanning them and putting them together, it's kind of a pain in the butt because it's not really like frame one, two. It's like frame one and like frame four and then like yeah. frame two and frame five. So you really have to go. And especially because a lot of times all like bracket shots. I'm like, well, fuck, which one? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which one is the actual. Is it the left one? Is it that one? I don't know. <laughs> So it's a little, it's a little, it gets annoying times, but I mean, it's kind of worth it once they're done. It kind of looks, when they put on the glasses, like, oh, that was so cool. And yeah, also with, with these kind of cameras, like, mm -hmm. it's, you really have to be careful, like, when that, when, I'm not careful, but like what you're shooting, like, not everything really works for that. Oh, like, okay. if you're doing, like, you know, like architectural photos of, like, a skyscraper, not really going to look that good. You're, like, you really need a lot of, uh, like, depth in your frame. Like, sure. you got to have, like, a lot of foreground and background things, like, just to really make it pop. Because yeah. it's just, you know, like a, like a skyscraper or a building, it's just, okay, it's, I don't really, it's, it's not going to really work, you know. Yeah, I do notice that there are some images that work just really, really, really well in it. And some are good, too, but there are just some that have more depth and, uh, like, the sound waves picture. Yeah, I'm there. looking at that one right now, actually. That works. <laughs> oh, the little doggy, yeah. 
old ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah it works so well. <laughs> I think it's because of the, the big like stainless or whatever it is mug cup thing. Yeah. Oh, it just it just really like right rings. There. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that one came out really good. It's one of my favorites in the whole in the whole book. Which uh, photos do you think work the best for this type of? I mean, even just using the three D program, what what did you find worked the best? Uh, like which came out the best, or like which I liked the best? When you were photographing it, um, is this like one roll of film, or was this several rolls of film? It was probably done over like I think I did them all over like two months. I think. Okay. So it was like several different roles, and I and I took. I mean, who knows how many photos I did? Well, I you know I try to put them together. Well, that one doesn't work. That one doesn't really come out that good. So uh, like some I really like, like really wanted to come out good, but it just whatever reason it just it didn't. Maybe I got the exposure wrong or the focus off on something. I think my favorite one is the Jesus car. That's my personal. Yeah, that was yeah, cool. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to to make that one work for me right now. And I took like I, I took so many photos of this car when I saw it. I was at a flea market in the middle of nowhere, backwoods Florida, which get a little scary if you ever been <laughs> yeah. in the backwoods Florida. <clears throat> but I saw this car. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Jesus <laughs> all over and like Bible scriptures and little like precious moment animal figurines glued on every inch of the car. <laughs> I took another photo on I, I like I posted a while ago. It's there was like a like a Shrek donkey doll sticking out of the like in the passenger seat, staring out the window. <laughs> and I was a little nervous taking the photo because it was in this in the parking lot. But like the flea market was like kind of an open air thing. I'm like, well, is this person gonna watch me staring at and taking all these pictures around her car? Like seems <laughs> like she doesn't like she didn't seem like the most rational people probably. <laughs> I saw the car, so I just. <laughs> I don't know. So I just grabbed as many photos as I could, and I just kind of <laughs> ran out of there. I do appreciate the way that it's laid out is on the left side, you have two images that you, you hold at a certain distance from your face, and you kind of let your eyes yeah, go lazy. Yeah, just the standard like, like, like left lens and right lens. Yeah. Of, like, image. I, cannot, I cannot make that work. I can't do it. I don't know why. I can, I can get those like those 3D posters from like the 90s i can get those in a second are you serious yeah. i can never get those oh no i'm really fucking good at this <laughs> it's like a superpower i look at it for like a second i'm like buddha done <laughs> <laughs> but these I, I i cannot make happen so you also included 3d glasses with the zine mm -hmm. for the right side of the of the page that includes the blue and the red image kind of overlaid perfectly mm -hmm. so that it, it works like the old-fashioned like creature from the black lagoon type 3d i think they're too close together like for doing that kind of cross-eye effect though oh okay i just wanted to show them like just to show like what it actually like you know like yeah. look like with like the left right like not for doing the cross-eyed okay so that's not okay so i'm not deficient because I don't know if my, arm, my arms aren't long enough, because I have like really tiny arms. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm really happy that that you included the 3D glasses. Actually, it was a really big, it was kind of a surprise. I'm not sure. I think I just ordered this blindly. And I'm like, oh my god, there's 3D glasses, which makes a lot of sense, it being a 3D zine. I really wish you guys could see me right now, <laughs> crossing my eyes, trying to do this thing. <laughs> We're going to get stuck. <laughs> Sorry. Are you worried about readers having their eyes get stuck this way? Yeah, buyer beware, man. <laughs> That's why I gave the necessary tools. If you end up cross-eyed for the rest of your life, <laughs> I, I share no responsibility for that. Okay. Uh, you shoot a lot of different emulsions, uh, some fairly abnormal. What What's the reasoning behind the variety? You know, they're just more fun. I don't know. <laughs> yep it's <laughs> good to me yeah, it works kind of wacky stuff you know i don't like doing the same old like boring stuff you know i like kind of doing something a little offbeat yeah. yeah i mean you shot on this one you shot with uh plus x which is kind of fun and some tri x which is which is great any particular reason or is that just what you had like lying around or i did the plus x because it's probably like one of my all-time favorite films yeah and the and I did the triax mostly uh, like push because it was all night and like interior. Scene. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So it was shot over about a two month period, you said. Mm -hmm. And was there any like yeah. 
any sequencing that you like why did you decide to lay it out in the way you did well i tried to lump some things like like together like you know like thematically there's yeah. some photos that are more like abandoned rundown stuff and then there's some sports photography and night stuff so i like kind of did it like that but there's no actual i didn't do like a you know like a game layout so okay. i'm not really good at doing that yet and zine's only my second zine i think oh, i think it's it's great because uh-huh. I mean, you do have like all the the demo derby stuff all together and that's just that's a really fun segment of the Z and I, and like the bowling stuff is together and that is, and it's, it just works. It just really works as like a, as a, zine. It, it flows as a zine. I really dig that. Where can people pick this zine up? There's a link on my Instagram. It goes to my Etsy store. It's um, I'm a, I can't stand pickles. So if you probably search both Instagram and uh, Etsy, it's there. Okay. And I still have, a million copies of my first scene because I only sold like ten of them. So. Oh no! Oh, what what's your first scene called? Uh, it's called uh, uh, "I Live Here." Yes, nice. I, I have that, and, and yes, definitely, definitely, people should buy that. Just like get into more zine making lately. Just kind of like focus more on doing that instead of just only p- put photos on Instagram because it's kind of getting tired of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It, it's, really, it's really hard to like appreciate something when it's like a two-inch little square. It is. <laughs> and you just scroll and say, oh, look at that. That's cool. That's cool. But it's like, you just look at it for a second and like, that's it. You know, there's no real stopping and looking at it like you can in like a physical form in your hand. Yeah, like, I think that's my new thing is kind of just mainly focus on like scene making. I want to try to get several done this year. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> I have a question. The chem, the chemigram, can you explain that to me? The darkroom chem, chemgram? Yeah, it's, um, I mainly would do it when I have expired chemicals that kind of are going bad. So you take your, you know, light-sensitive photo paper. And when you, you know, like put developer on it, it turns it, you know, it goes without anything. It'll it'll, it'll go black just like a negative would. And it'll go, you know, it'll turn white in the fixer. Mm -hmm. But you would put just a bunch of shit on it to like kind of slow down the developing or fixing process. So you say you put something sticky on it like honey. So when you put that with honey on it in the developer, it's not going to just go black. It's going to slowly dissolve into that because of the other stuff that's there uh, that's like resisting it. So you just put that back and forth, and it eats it away a little bit. So you get this like white and black kind of two tone look on it. And, and try like, oh, let me get hairspray, olive oil, and uh, cookie dough, whatever, and just throw it on there and see see what happens. Yeah. These are really beautiful. It's, it's so fun because every time you do it, it's like it's impossible to like like recreate something. So yeah. it's like it's like always it's always something new every time I do. Oh, these are on his Etsy page too. They're really amazing. You guys should definitely go check them out. That's I, I can't stand pickles. <laughs> Is that true? Is and that- I really can't. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just the smell just makes me sick. <laughs> well, now they can stop asking. <laughs> stop asking him. It's a rude question. No. No pickles in my house. Clearly doesn't like pickles. Oh, but not even in the house. And she's like, no. Not in my house. Fair enough. Okay, so for our last question, will actually be the question we are asking listeners next episode. And okay. that is... I guess next episode, we're kind of doing a box camera appreciation episode. <laughs> we're still working guess, on this idea. We're, I guess so. We're like 90% sure we're doing this. <laughs> I guess we'll find out next next episode. Uh, so oh, stay you, tuned. Stay tuned, because we don't know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> we uh, Have you shot, you shot box cameras? Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, can you recommend, I guess what the question is, can you recommend a good and cheap box camera? Like, if someone says, I want to get a box camera, your response would be? Oh, probably the Kodak uh, Hawkeye uh, Flash Brownie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just... It's just, well, those cameras are so simple because it's one button, but that one, it just, it's just probably the coolest looking camera of all time. It's pretty adorable. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you can get it, for, you can get it for like, it's got a little handle on it. It's like a little, like, you know, like lunchbox. <laughs> and those things are like, you can have it for five bucks and they take great pictures, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think we'll have probably get, a, we'll have probably have a lot of Hawkeye answers. And nobody answer Hawkeye. That's Adam's, Adam's answer. <laughs> it's taken. Get your own damn camera. <laughs> Find your own box. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
I had too much afternoon coffee. <laughs> I apologize. And you're, you're starting your evening coffee now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, I guess that covers everything. Yeah, thank you so much for... <laughs> oh, for no, thank you. It was fun. Oh, good. I, I hope so. So, yeah, everybody <laughs> order the damn zine. What are you doing? <laughs> pause, the, pause the podcast. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> or don't. Just no, be careful. Pull over. Pull over. And uh, order the Zamzine. There'll be links in the show notes and uh, Instagram. I can't send pickles. Do it. But thank you so much. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye bye. January of 1928, the New York Daily News ran a photograph on their front page that changed journalism forever. This was the era of pushing the limits of what was and wasn't acceptable in journalism. It was also the era of pushing the limits of photography. Most photojournalists used large 4x5 press cameras. The smaller cameras, such as the 35mm Leicas, were just now coming onto the scene. These were great for tabloid photographers trying to take sneaky photos of celebrities. And as we'll see, they were also useful for bringing photography into places where it was banned. The mid-1920s murder of Albert Snyder by his wife Ruth had caught the nation's attention. Albert was no easy man to be married to. For starters, he insisted upon keeping a photograph of his former fiancé on their wall. He even named his boat after her. She was, he said, the finest woman he had ever met. Fed up with his behavior, Albert's wife Ruth convinced her side-piece boyfriend, Henry Judd Gray, to help her murder her husband. They tried several times and ultimately succeeded. They weren't exactly master criminals, and they were caught four days later. The odd details surrounding the story caused it to run in every newspaper. And when they were both finally convicted and sentenced to death, a string of appeals and attempts at stays of execution were exhausted. This kept them in the papers for even longer. This also convinced the Daily News that they needed a scoop. They didn't simply want to cover the first execution of a woman at Sing Sing in nearly 30 years. They wanted a photograph, which, if they got it, would make it the first execution to be photographed indoors. But photographers were strictly banned from Sing Sing, where she was to be executed. What's more is that the guards at the prison knew all the Daily News photographers and reporters on site. However, this was too good of a deal to pass up. They sent out to their sister paper, the Chicago Sun-Times, for a photographer named Tom Howard. He was sent to New York to pose as a journalist covering the execution. He wasn't a journalist, but he was posing as one. And hidden on his body was to be a, a very small camera. This would be no small feat. Howard would get one shot and one shot only. And since he couldn't adjust the settings, everything from aperture, shutter speed, and even focus had to be preset. This required details privy only to people on the inside. Fortunately, the Daily News had such people. They somehow obtained the blueprints to the death chamber and figured out exactly where Howard had to sit, and even the angle at which he was to point the camera. He spent hours, even days, in a hotel room trying to get it right, and finally he did. This small camera was to be strapped to his ankle. Uh, this would make it unlikely to be detected if he was frisked while entering somehow. I'm not exactly sure how that worked. It would be fired through a shutter release cable that ran up his pant leg and into his coat. Essentially, what they built was a small plate camera. Rather than film, it used a single glass plate about the size of a 35 millimeter frame. It even had a teeny tiny holder and a teeny tiny dark slide. Immediately before he entered the prison, Howard removed the dark slide and was ready to snap the photo. As the time for the electrocution of Ruth Snyder drew close, Howard lifted his pant leg and held the cable. When the switch was thrown, he moved his leg into position, held steady, and took the shot. The shutter had to be held open for a, about a second, uh, though some reports say that it was six seconds. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. Uh, during the time that the shutter was open, he sat in stillness, knowing that even the slightest movement would ruin the shot. When it was all over and Ruth Snyder was pronounced dead, he nonchalantly stood up and left with the other reporters. Now remember, he was not a reporter. He was a photographer posing as a reporter. The camera and the glass plate were then rushed to the lab. The photo was developed, it was cropped, and then enlarged. The Daily News ran it twice the next day, once in an extra in a full front page photo and later as a smaller image on page three. Very quickly, the news of the photograph became bigger than the execution itself. Other papers, perhaps a little jealous they didn't get the photo, called it a violation of a cardinal principle of journalism. 
This whole thing caused such a stir that the New York legislature tried to pass a bill banning all reporters from Sing Sing. Uh, This was withdrawn very quickly, likely due to a First Amendment issue. A little over a month after the photo was taken, Sing Sing began to take steps to change the lighting in the death chamber to make it impossible, in, in their words, for any photographer from surreptitiously photographing an electric chair victim. Apparently, glaring lights were to be shown towards the reporters when an execution took place in the hopes of ruining any attempts to expose a shot. New York State attempted to bring a lawsuit against Howard and the Daily News, but that never got off the ground. A few years later, Warner Brothers produced the film Picture Snatcher, starring James Cagney as a fictional version of Howard. In later years, Howard tried to distance himself from the photo. The lowest thing I ever did was impersonate a reporter, he told the press in 1961. He claimed to never like the assignment and was openly bitter about the movie Picture Snatcher. Jack Warner, head of Warner Brothers, was apparently, this is according to Howard, he was nervous that Howard would sue, but nothing came of that either for some weird reasons that Howard gives concerning bosses. And it was a weird situation. Uh, I don't believe that he was all that weird about the assignment. I think it was an assignment. He was given a $100 bonus check. He cashed the check. Didn't really complain about it till decades later. I'm sure the stress of it was a pain in the ass for him, but other than that, he got a pretty memorable picture. This whole thing was depicted in part in the movie Picture Snatcher, uh, which was a 1933 James Cagney movie that was kind of a gangster film and kind of not a gangster <laughs> film. Uh, we both watched it this week. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's, it's not my favorite Cagney, but I really enjoy it just because of the photography in it. Vanya, you watched Picture Snatcher for the first time ever. Yes, I did. What did you think of this thing? Well, again, I wasn't sure in the beginning if I would like it just because it is kind of got like that rashy, <laughs> like kind of gangster <laughs> type. But I had watched a different James Cagney movie earlier this week. This was in Fresno, actually, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. When I was in Fresno, I watched Strawberry Blonde. Yes. With Olivia de Havilland. Yes. And it was so funny. And I just decided that I was really interested in watching all of his movies. So that kind of made it a little easier to watch Picture (laughs) Picture Snatcher. He's not as funny as he was in Strawberry Blonde, but... No, he's on his game in Strawberry Blonde. This one, he's... He's funny enough. Yeah, he's funny enough. I see what they did as far as making it more appropriate for him to shoot the image by making him an ex-con. Obviously, Howard wasn't an ex-con. No, that may have been what Howard had a bit of an issue with. Maybe. Because it does kind of imply that you have to be uh, a felon (laughs) to even want to shoot a picture like this. The thing was, with with Cagney in 33, uh, he had done a string of gangster movies at that time. And with the Hayes Act being enacted and being enforced, uh, it kind of forced the studio to step back a little bit. And at this point, Cagney was also maybe a little tired of playing gangsters. So they put him in a role where he was he was a gangster. At the beginning of the movie, he quits what he's... He gets out of jail and he, he says he's going legitimate. I don't know how you guys are going to take it. Well, whatever I say stands. I'm quitting. You heard me quitting. I'm going legitimate. And so for some reason, the the skills of a gangster are immediately and equally transferable to photojournalists, (laughs) which is, I'm not really sure the statement they were making, but they do make some subtle references to the camera being a gun. And a lot of this movie could have been written and shot where instead of a camera, he was using a gun. Obviously not the execution scene. But there's other scenes in the movie where he does get pictures where he could easily have just had a gun in his hand. Pop, explain it to you? Mm-hmm. Well, just like a gun, trigger and all. I think it's a really interesting, I hate the word juxtaposition here, but I think it's a really interesting juxtaposition between comparing this movie to a lot of his other gangster movies. I really like how he like throws the camera. It's like a Leica, too. He just like throws it around. He does. He treats a Leica <laughs> like I would like to treat a Leica. <laughs> So, you would recommend this movie? I would. Yeah, I think it's available, what, on Amazon streaming to rent? Yes, you can. Yeah, and it's available on DVD. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely a movie, I think, it's, it's, not a, it's not an amazing Cagney movie. It's not the best 1930s gangster film. That would probably be Public Enemy. But I do <laughs> think that um, if you're interested at all in, like, early photography, check that out. I think it's a good movie for this. 
And, you know, it's one of our string of, of movies that we'll be talking about that involve photography in some sort of way. You know, we forgot to mention that this movie came out basically five or six years after this had happened in real life. It did. Yeah, this was news. This wasn't so much ancient history. And it was very obvious what they were referencing. Yes. It's, it's not really seen as a classic now. You can find it here and there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a forgotten movie, but I think one worth, worth tracking down. We got zine reviews. Ayo. <laughs> so each episode of All Through Lens, we try to review a couple of zines to sort of show you what's out there and to maybe introduce you to some stuff that you haven't seen before. So Vanya, you've got a zine that you would like to review. What is it? I have Paris Syndrome by Leland Buck. Leland spent some time in Paris in the late 80s as a young man. He explains that he has a deep connection with the city, appreciating the rich history and culture. This zine is a collection of photographs he took in July and August of 2018 when he returned for the first time in 30 years. The photos give you a peep into the daily lives of Parisians, the culture, and the comings and goings of people just trying to live their lives. You also see those iconic places, but kind of more in a real realistic point of view. Some images are closely cropped and give you the feeling of a busy city. So he talks a little bit about the title, which is Paris Syndrome, and it's basically like the romanticized version of Paris and what people picture Paris to be. And then when they get there and realize that it's a city like any other, obviously there are all those beautiful things, but I think that the cultural shock sometimes is a little bit overwhelming for some people. Uh, Leland, this is a absolutely great zine. Thank you so much for sending it to me. Um, I definitely recommend it. You can get this via our link through the show notes. So what do you got for us, Eric? Well, I have a zine called 365 number seven analog by trench photos. This is a large, the perfect bound color and black and white zine by Tanya. She goes by trench photos, 365 on Instagram. Above all things, this zine is about people. I guess you would call it street photography. I'm not, honestly, I'm not real up on street photography, but I suppose that's what it is. Using a variety of cameras and different emulsions, Tanya captures folks living their everyday lives. People are are shown reading, they're skating, they're biking. Some pose, and others are captured just kind of just doing their thing. These photos are, they're arranged thematically. I mean, hell, there's, there's even a spread of old guys with fun facial hair. Most photos are left to stand on their own with simple captions of camera and film, but a few are graced by longer description of the background of the photo. And I I really like that. I really appreciate when people do that. There's a a single photo in this entire entire zine that's devoid of people. It's a shot of a of a broken down drive-in diner, and it really, I mean, that, that's a very me photo. Very, it very much caught my attention, uh, <laughs> and I think it, it stands out even more that this is a place where people used to be, and there's no people there now. And though even it looks like it's abandoned for years, but it, I guess it was a closed maybe a week before she shot it, which is kind of a, an interesting idea. Huh. So uh, this was taken, I believe, in Oklahoma. These photos. It makes me want to go to Oklahoma. It, it shows me part of it, and just makes me want to be a part of it. I. I kind of dig this zine quite a lot. It's big, like zines should really be, and like ours is kind of tiny. <laughs> uh, but this one's very big. I enjoy it. I think you guys would enjoy it too. It's available from her. I guess there would be a, we're gonna have the link on our show notes, obviously. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, it is again Trench Photos three sixty five. Definitely worth doing it. Definitely check it out. And I guess that's kind of all the podcast we've got for you this time around. Just remember, we have got a website now. It's it's basically a blog, allthroughlens.wordpress.com. And don't forget about Dev Party. If you haven't listened to our mini episodes, Dev Party, maybe give them a try. We've put out two so far, and in each we are developing together. We started doing this recently and thought maybe you guys would like to join us. In the latest episode, we talk about the various stop baths and also a bit about film development failure. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, and if you 
you've never developed with other people, you know what? Maybe give that a try. We are really enjoying developing together. I, I It's something that I didn't think I would enjoy at all. Um, <laughs> no offense, Vanya, but I just didn't think I'd care. But it turns out I really like it. We found that it's, it's really helped us become more careful and thoughtful developers. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You'll see. You'll see. One last thing before we totally get out. I just got a camera that I'm kind of excited about, and I'm planning on doing a full review of it next episode. It is a Polaroid automatic land camera 250, but this has a newly designed and newly 3D printed 120 back. So you can shoot 6x6 and 6x9 with it. I'm really excited. Uh, If you want to check them out, it's designed by Norman M. Dean. He is a photographer out of... Oregon, so a Pacific Northwesterner, just like myself. Oh, and you can follow him on Instagram at analog nmd. Like I said, I haven't shot the camera yet, so I can't give it a review. It works, so I'm gonna get something. I am somewhat worried about light leaks, and I'm somewhat worried that I will advance the film in the wrong way. One would be a uh, camera error, and the other one would be a user error. So we'll see if I can overcome myself and overcome the camera to make this work. I don't know how many of these are out there. I may have the first one, at least the first one that's not a prototype. And I'm so, I'm really, really fucking excited about this. And you should be fucking excited about it too. So tune (laughs) in. You should, oh, you, are you excited, Vanya? I am. I'm so excited. I love my land camera and I would love to get it modified. Are you going, are you planning on, uh, if this one turns out to be successful, are you planning on following me in this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, like I said, I haven't shot it yet. We'll see how it works out. Maybe I'll turn back with a bad review. I don't, I just don't think so. I've got a really good feeling about this camera. I'm really excited to shoot it. So, all right, take us out, Vanya. If you'd like to contact us, we're all through a lens.podcast on Instagram. By email, it's all through a lens.podcast at Gmail. And we're all through a lens on Twitter. Sort of. Vanya is at Surf Martian. And Eric is at conspiracy.of.cartoon. at car turds both on instagram and speaking of instagram make sure to hashtag your stuff hashtag all through a lens podcast to be featured we also do a spotify playlist for each episode so check those out and see what we're listening to just search all through a lens you can also find our episodes on spotify as well as on stitcher apple Podcasts, google play and wherever the hell else you find your podcast subscribe to us share us around and hey leave us a review it really really helps the music you're hearing now is from Last Regiment of Syncopated Drummers, which you can find at lastregiment.com. And thank you all so much for listening. See you in a couple of weeks. Uh, Vanya? Yes? You want to go out and shoot? Fuck yeah, I do. Let's go. <laughs> We're dead here. <laughs>